again. Yeah. A little loud again. Yeah. Kingdom vibes only. What you want? What you want? Yeah. Again. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. Yeah. Everybody, I want you to hit it real hard. Everybody, say, say, hey, say, hey, say, hey. Say, hey, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Y'all go ahead and sit down, y'all rushing me. Y'all got me sweating already. We might have to do it one more time next week. What y'all think? One more time? <laughs> All right, so now, I hope you're ready when this word comes for your scalp. All right, <laughs> and your edges. Um, there are two passages of scripture that is gonna be the backdrop of tonight's preaching presentation. And I need us to understand this. this. This kingdom series is dangerous. This kingdom series is dangerous because it is empowering you with your God-given authority. Culture makes us think when you say I'm a queen or I'm a king, it's about you. Boo-boo, it's really not. When we're shouting that I'm on kingdom vibes, it means that my daddy's the king. I'm related to the judge like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Bars. I have a king that has chosen me. And because he has chosen me, I am empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm empowered by the cross. This is dangerous teaching because it teaches you that you have power. You have power. So two foundational scriptures that we're going to read on tonight. I could not confine this to just one passage. Isaiah chapter 43 it's going to be our first foundational text. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. And then we're going to hop down to Matthew chapter 16. Isaiah 43, verse 18. And then we're going to hop down to Matthew chapter 16. If you do not have a tangible Bible, it's okay. It will be projected for you on the screen. And everybody watching online, it will be on the lower thirds. Isaiah chapter 43. Once you're there, will you shout at your boys? as you can, I got it. It says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Somebody say, forget that. Yeah. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. That's important. Don't breeze past that. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, this is Jesus speaking. It says, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Certain translations say the gates of hell will not Prevail. Verse 19, I will give you the keys. Somebody say keys. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm ready to get to work. Are y'all ready? Now, I want you to see 
how these two passages of scriptures are married. First, the Lord is telling us in Isaiah, it says, okay, I need you to forget the former things. Forget that because you cannot move forward and consume former at the same time. That's a whole word. I need you to forget former things because you can't move forward while consuming forward, former, at the same time. You're going to need a forward word. Can I get somebody to say forward? That's what you're getting on tonight, a forward word, a word that has been customized by heaven for your spiritual growth. I need you to have a forward vision because whenever you don't have a forward vision, you will always revert back to familiar chaos. Come on. You will always revert back to familiar chaos. Forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. Don't don't dwell over the fact that you didn't get invited to any of the Labor Day weekend festivities. (laughs) Don't dwell on that. Last year you got invited, but this year you didn't get a text. You didn't get an email. You didn't get invited to everything that they did last year. But I don't want you to think it's something you did. This is all due to who you're becoming. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell over an ex. Okay, get in trouble. Don't dwell over an X. I need you to stop monitoring and stop lurking on the very thing that puts your mental health on life support. Y'all not talking to me. Forget those things. Don't dwell on that because spiritual decay happens one compromise at a time. I'm trying to do a new thing in your life. Forget that. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on what they did or what they didn't do. Don't dwell on that. Don't dwell on what they said or what they didn't say. Don't don't dwell on that. Somebody say, forget that. Don't dwell on that because one of the worst things that you and I can ever do is when we can't get over what's over. One of the worst things we could ever do is when you can't get over What's over? How long will you hold on to something or someone who already let you go? God resurrected you from that. Don't go back to the thing that buried you. I'm trying to do a new thing in your life. Don't dwell on the past. I'm trying to do a new thing. Your past is just your teacher. Your past is your teacher not your undertaker. Don't dwell on that. Let your past be your school, not your prison system. Learn from it, but don't be held by it. Y'all better come get me. I'm trying so hard to teach this thing. Let it, let it go. Forget the things of the former. I'm trying to do a new thing in your life. Don't you perceive it? The reason that you're listening to this message on tonight is because God is trying to do a new thing in your life. Don't you perceive it? The reason that you're watching me live right now is because God is trying to do a new thing in your life. Can't you perceive it? The reason that you can't sin like you used to is because God is trying to do a new thing in your life. Can't you perceive it? Because whenever a man, please hear me, whenever a man or a woman meets the Lord, they can never sin the same again. If I was a note taker, I'd write that down. This is the litmus test, the proof that a man has had a king encounter. The proof that a woman has had a cross collision is when you can never sin the same again. Forget 
the former things. I'm trying to do a new thing. Can you not perceive it? What are you trying to do new? Let's marry the passage. I am going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Guess what? Guess who's the church? You. And guess who's the church? Me. So God is saying, listen, I'm trying to do a new thing. I'm trying to build in you faith. I'm trying to build in you integrity. I'm trying to build in you confidence. All of those former things don't focus on that. I'm trying to build in you something different. I'm trying to build you. Can somebody say I'm just built different? I'm just, you got to kind of shrug your shoulders. Like, I'm just built different. You're not going to find another woman like me. I'm just built different. You're not going to find another man like me. I'm just built different. I'm not boasting in myself. I'm boasting in what God has done through me. Because nobody can do Jerry the way that Jerry can do Jerry. And nobody can do you the way that you can do you. You just built different. I got a different builder. I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. One more time. Somebody say, I'm built different. Now look at this. We're going to go a little bit deeper. I touched on it on Sunday. I kind of snorkeled with it, but tonight I'm going to scuba dive with it. All right? The word church is ekklesia. It means in the Greek, the assembly of the summoned. It means the gathering of those who have been summoned. Okay? During the Roman Empire, this is when Jesus came in earth, the Roman Empire was running things. Caesar was like the emperor. He was running stuff, and ever so often, he would have a meeting once a year with his governors. Pilate was a governor. You know, Pilate, the dude that told Jesus that he could be crucified. The reason that he said this, of course, we know that it was sovereign. But, but in that moment, the people were starting to knuck a few buck. Okay, <laughs> they were starting to cause a little ruckus, a little riot, and he didn't want the people to start a riot because this would get back to Caesar that I'm not governing this region well. Okay, now when Caesar would meet with the governors, you know what that meeting was called? Ecclesia. <laughs> it was the meeting of governors. Y'all missed it. So the church really is a meeting place of governors. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. You'll get on the way home. Oh, it is a meeting place of governors. It is where governors meet. It is where kingdom ambassadors meet. It's when those who have been summoned by the king of glory, this is where we meet. It's the place of world changers. This is where we meet. This is the place where the official representation of God in the earth, they meet. Because there's a region that we have to govern. Oh, I hope y'all are getting this. Somebody say governor. governor. And the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Every governor under the sound of my voice, the gates of hell won't prevail against you. No devil, no demon, no witch, no spirit of Leviathan, no dragon, nothing on your children, nothing on your mind. It won't prevail. But watch this. Jesus said it won't prevail. Not they won't attack. They may try it, but they won't prevail. I just feel somebody online, that blessed them. They, the, the enemy is going to try us, but it won't prevail. Hell is going to try your marriage, it won't prevail. Hell is going to try you in your singleness, but it won't prevail because I'm building my church, which is you. And the gates of hell won't prevail against it. I'm trying to give them power. How is he going to give us power? Verse 19. 
Jesus tells us, verse 19 in our foundational text, Jesus says, I will give you the keys. Somebody say keys. I love when the Bible connects. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'm like, why are we preaching this? Why are we preaching about our political views? Why are we preaching about jokes and it's your season and it's your time? I'm like, are y'all reading the Bible? Because when I'm reading the Bible, especially if you read the Gospels, the synoptic Gospels, the cadence of Jesus' ministry was the kingdom. The anthem of Jesus' ministry was the kingdom. His most used sermon content had everything to do with the kingdom. And I'm like, why are we talking about this? Jesus didn't just come down here and die so that we could have church. And you could say, oh, church was good. Yeah, girl, you got to come next Thursday. I mean, we were kind of live up in there. Yeah, bro, you got to come. We were kind of in there. Kingdom vibes only. Kingdom. You got to come. Jesus didn't die so that we could come to church, have a safe, casual Christianity, leave these four walls, live typical, average, mundane lives, and wait or die until we see the kingdom. Jesus lived before he ever died. And when he lived, he was teaching us how to live kingdom. I'm trying to give you keys while you're here because you're my official representation in the earth. I need us to get this. Jesus is not a president. Okay? Say it one more time because it probably messed up somebody's theology. Jesus is not a president. He has no house of Congress. He has no Senate. And rest assured, there definitely isn't no election. <laughs> See, this might be hard for us to stand, understand because we live in a democracy. When you don't like something, you can vote. It don't work like that in the kingdom. There's nothing you can protest when you're in the kingdom. In the kingdom, you can't impeach Jesus. Whatever the king says goes. Whatever the king says, go. Let me just go ahead and say it old school. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm just preaching so hard to you and sweating on a Thursday night trying to convince you. Why don't you go ahead and bow your knee now? Why don't you go ahead and confess now? Jesus, you are Lord. I'm surrendering my way for your way. It's no longer about me because what the king says goes. Can I get somebody to say Jesus is Boss, you don't argue with the king. You don't give, well, I don't, think, I don't think that was called for with the king. He's not a president. He doesn't have a Congress. There's nobody that can review his terms and what he says, and you cannot impeach him. He's the king. Now, in the kingdom, there's codes and there's keys. Somebody say keys. Just like naturally, there are certain codes and keys that can lock doors and unlock doors. Spiritually in the kingdom, there are codes and there are keys that unlock doors and open doors. Okay? Like this kingdom code of honor. This, this kingdom key of honor. It is a kingdom key to honor people. I'm going to break this down. It's going to be uncomfortable for you, but I want you to see how this works. The reason we honor is because honor causes for me to get access to somebody's upgrading ability. All right? So this, this woman right here, she may be ordained by God to be a queen activator. 
She's going to have a woman's ministry, and she's going to empower women. The Bible says elder women train up the younger women. This is not just age. You can be more seasoned in the faith at 34 than a woman who is 64. I need you to train them up, and she can have oil on her life to activate kingdom women. I know. She said, I received that. (laughs) That may be her calling and her gifting, but watch this. If you dishonor her, you limit yourself from receiving what she carries. Okay? This brother in the back, he could have the kingdom key and empowered by God to help entrepreneurs take off. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. And God could have given him giftedness so that he could be a launching pad for whatever your gift is. In culture, we call this a consultant. We call this an advisor. He literally could be graced by God to help get your dream to the next level. But if you don't honor him, you limit access of somebody next leveling you. Are you getting this? This is just one kingdom key. So watch this. If I live a life of honor, it don't matter who they are, mom and daddy, I just honor rooms. I honor people on my job. I'm living a life where I'm constantly placing myself in a position to be upgraded. This is so good, y'all. I was at a Nigerian conference one day. I had to preach. I've never seen that many people in my life. They came in there deep. They didn't care how hot it was. They didn't care about personal space. They were sitting all on each other. I've never seen a man dance like this. This is your day. Uh, this is your day. I've never seen it. So I'm kind of stunned looking, right? My first time ever at a Nigerian church, and we're in the back room, and this guy comes in. I don't know who this guy is from Adam, but I just keep seeing everybody do this. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Shake somebody else's hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I've never bowed to nobody in my whole life. Nobody. And I could have been like, I'm a pastor too. Who are you? What's up, bro? How you doing? I could have did all that. But you know what I did when he came up to me? First time in my life, I was like, God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. <laughs> God bless you, sir. I was just reading the room. And I said, okay, obviously, this is somebody who is worthy of honor. I didn't know he was a bishop of over 600 churches. I just saw that everybody was honoring him, so I honored him too. I had no idea that he was going to connect me to go to six churches under his bishop, like the churches that he watches over. I had no idea, but what if I would have been like, yo, what's up, man? I'm I'm African-American. I don't do that. I'm not from Nigeria. We good, bro. I would have limited myself from receiving what he could upgrade. Listen, everybody under the sign of my voice has upgrading ability. Upgrades for yourself and upgrades for others, okay? Bible all day, we are many members of one body. So the pinky upgrades the hand and the hand upgrades the wrist and the wrist upgrades the arm and the arm upgrades the shoulder. Y'all seeing this? This is just one kingdom key of honor. Honor. We can go on the kingdom key of forgiveness. That kingdom key makes sure that the frost of how cold they were never gets on your heart. Did y'all hear what I just said? Just just the key of forgiveness. Make sure that I'm not going to allow the frost of how cold they were to me. I'm not going to allow that to get on my heart so much so where it becomes my personality. I'm not going to change who I am because you didn't know who you co- didn't know who you're supposed to be. 
It amazes me. This time of year, there are three weeks left until it's considered fall. It amazes me how in Houston, it's still 90 plus degrees outside. Like what fall? <laughs> it's still hellish outside. It's so hot I went outside, Jesus, we sorry. Whatever we did, we sorry. It's like Houston is hell's waiting room. I'm sorry, God. Whatever we did. You remember when you were children, you used to play and swim? I don't know how we did that. The ground was burning my feet, getting third degree burns. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. If you observe it, the leaves will still change color. And they preach to me every autumn. I'm like, how is it 90 plus degrees, but you're already looking like it's fall? And they preach to me, I change because I know what's coming. I don't wait until the conditions get here. I'm already changing in 90-degree weather. Now look, when you don't forgive, you don't shift with the seasons. So the seasons will change, but you won't. All bitterness does is it contaminates the container. So the seasons We'll be able to change, but you won't mess somebody up. You know what a trigger is? Is everybody, I got a trigger. Oh, I got a trigger. Oh, that just triggered me. I can't, that just triggered me. I got triggers. You know what a trigger is? For the most part, a trigger is an unresolved part of ourselves that spawns emotionalism due to somebody we haven't forgiven or ourselves that we haven't forgave. Sometimes it's trauma, we need therapy, and we need to walk through it. But I'm recognizing triggers, that's an unresolved part of you that activates your emotionalism because of somebody you didn't forgive or because you didn't forgive yourself. Who am I talking to? I feel it. Somebody under the sound of my voice feels like you don't deserve good things because of all the crap you've been done. And so in some crazy way, you almost try to punish yourself. As though I don't deserve God to bless me. I don't deserve opportunities. I don't deserve endorsements. Because some crazy way you think that it's by your works. Not off just the goodness of God. That's just a key. I haven't even talked about the kingdom key of giving. See, in culture, we hoard. In kingdom, we give. See, nobody's saying nothing. The church is taking this out of context. Give your money and give your rent and just give. They are manipulators in pulpits. That's not what I'm talking about. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When you give, you position yourself to experience the overflow. This is countercultural because culture says hoard. You keep everything for yourself. You get more, you flex on them. Show the gram your new rolly. That's culture, not kingdom. Can I give y'all some points? Number one, normal living is what I want. Kingdom living is what God wants. Somebody say kingdom. kingdom. Number two, I'm going fast because I have a lot. Normal living is a life of hoarding. Kingdom living is a life of giving. Somebody say kingdom. kingdom. Number three, normal living is a life, normal living is a life of me choosing. Kingdom living is a life of prayer before choosing. So good, y'all. Next, number five, normal living, I desire to be accepted. 
Kingdom living is knowing I have already been chosen and accepted. Give you another one. Normal living, I go off of preference. Kingdom living, I live in purpose. Y'all getting this? Oh, this one's going to hit hard right here. Normal living, my body is like a doorknob. Everybody gets a turn. Ouch. Everybody gets to get it. Normal living is your body's like a doorknob. Everybody gets a turn. Kingdom living, your body's a temple. Your body houses the Holy Ghost. Your body is God's transportation system in the earth to give him glory, not just get orgasms. What y'all owing for? It's kingdom vibes only. Remember kingdom vibes? Somebody say kingdom. The text tells us in Isaiah, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past because I'm building my governors and the gates of hell. They won't prevail against it. And I'm giving you keys to the kingdom. And this question that we're going to orbit around on tonight, I wish I had a sermon like this in college because it would have stopped causing for me to think I wasn't saved. I have been up to probably a gazillion, we're making up words, a gazillion altar calls. Anybody else feel like you got saved more than once? <laughs> I, if I would have heard this, it would have helped me because every time I screwed up, I questioned my salvation. And I never was able to really talk about it because there were struggles I had that I felt ashamed of, so I hid them. And anytime you hide your struggles, your secret struggles become your private warfares. So nobody can help you. God can give you reinforcements to that porn addiction, to that vibrator that you have, to that relationship that's abusive, to your marriage that's stressing you out. Nobody can help you because we're more concerned about appearing like instead of being like. Listen. I don't know why I didn't get it. I thought when I got saved, my flesh did too. <laughs> Anybody recognize when you get saved, your flesh didn't? Like you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, but your mind and your flesh didn't believe nothing. Listen, your flesh is not saved. Okay? It never will be. It's going back to the dust. <laughs> it's dirty. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to understand. It's dirty. It thinks dirty. It longs for dirty. It craves dirty. It don't matter. You can hear a word like this be singing during praise and worship. Dirty thoughts will come to your mind. Your mind and your flesh are not saved. Your confession doesn't transform your life. Bible all day, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. So I'm saved, my eternal home is secure based on my confession and my belief. But if you want to experience a transformational life, it starts with your head. Because your life moves in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Lord have mercy. And just because with my lips... I say I love Jesus doesn't mean my mind has changed to live like I love him. Okay? So, so this, this former things, forget the former things, dwell not on the past. I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Let's talk on the night. What do you do when you read and you heard 
Forget the former things, but you miss former things. Oh, it's about to get real. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We need more sermons like this because us not being honest has us acting like we're at a place that we're not. He says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. What do you do when you miss the past, though? Everybody, okay, so that you can understand it, there are two classisms of people right now. Number one, when you come to Christ and you make up your mind to be kingdom, you will immediately begin to feel the effects of your common appetite. We used to be commoners, now we're kingdom. If you don't feel the desire sometimes to go back to your common ways, either number one, I'm not saved because I don't have no struggle because I have not surrendered to the Lord, or number two, you lying. <laughs> Period. You must transition from a commoner to kingdom. But what do you do when you miss common things? When you miss common women? When you miss common men. It's getting quiet. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This lets me know I'm right on it. See, four years ago, I used to question, is this sermon good? Now I know. Keep talking about that. Stay on that. What do you do when your lips say one thing, but you're having withdrawals from former things? I still desire, and I'm trying. I'm trying to rid myself of vodka. I'm trying to rid myself from pornography. I'm trying to rid myself from the music that is an incubator to my horniness. I just said that. I'm trying to rid myself from casual sex. I'm trying to rid myself. I'm talking in here on the nights. I'm trying to rid myself from wasting time. Rather, if it's wasting time via Netflix or social media, you know the Spirit of God has been telling you. You are spending too much time watching this. You could use this time on your business plan. You could use this time being a better father. You could use this time seeking my face. You know God has been telling you. I'm talking to somebody. That's why I'm high pitch. God has been telling you, you're wasting too much time, but what do you do when you miss what the king says you can no longer love? If the love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not in you. And if we don't have this conversation, we'll have people who have PhDs in silent tears, but GEDs in talking about what's really going on. Enough, hear me, enough with us saying amen, preach in public, but God help me, God help me in private, God help me, I'm struggling with this God, God help me, God I, I don't know if I'm really saved, God am I really saved, do you really love me, because if you did, why do I battle with this, what do you do when you miss it, you miss it, you know it was toxic, you know it wasn't kingdom, but it felt good, didn't it? I'm not, nobody can say amen right there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and what I believe God is striving to do, especially on tonight, exclusively with this message, he wants to give you keys so that you can present to your destiny the best of you, not the rest of you. Okay? A lot of us are exhausted because of the warfares we're dealing with in the dark. That's why you're so tired. It's not your job. 
I'm battling with still dealing with the withdrawals of something that God tells me I can no longer love. But if I be honest, in my flesh, it's difficult to let it go. And God's like, listen, I want them to stop wearing masks over their injured souls by presenting to people fake smiles. Because sometimes you don't value health until you've been sick. Talk Holy Ghost, and I just feel that there's a people, I'm right here with you, that you're tired of being sick, but you're acting like your soul doesn't have a cold. I'm tired of acting like I'm not tired. I still miss some things, and I'm experiencing some withdrawals. And so, yes, God created me a pure heart, created me a contrite spirit. God changed me. Because I know I'm on my kingdom vibes only, but I still desire kingdom, common things only. And one of the biggest struggles that I've seen as I've traveled abroad, globally and even locally, is we love our dysfunction. <laughs> this is so good. I know it because it's so quiet. We love our dysfunction. We've gotten comfortable in it. If you want to get a man charged up, if you want to get a sister's neck rolling and get her to start grabbing air. <laughs> first of all, first, who you talking to? That clap in the air. If you ever want to get her clapping or grabbing air, disturb the bed of her dysfunction. Dysfunction has us in a house that's on fire. And instead of us getting out, we embrace the warmth. Love our dysfunction. We'll defend it. We'll fight for it. We'll date it. We'll marry it. We'll sleep with it. We'll even share it masked as giving advice. Well, baby, you know, you, you know how some men are. Make sure you keep some money on the side just in case he cut up a little bit. You know, remember how your daddy was. You know, this is just what we do. Keep some money on the side just in case he act a fool. You don't have to worry about it. You got your safe. That's not kingdom. That's mama's wound. That's mama's wound. That's a trigger that she has within herself that has become transformational in a generation of women. Same thing. For men, you saw your raw oats before you settle down. You don't look, you don't settle down with just one woman. But when you do, you want to look for a version though. Because you don't want nobody been all around. But you want a version though. How are we putting metrics on purity? Even versions of some of the freakiest. Okay, y'all don't want to talk to me. <laughs> Dysfunction. Now this is, this is what I wish somebody would have told me. As I was dealing with all this stuff, trying to be kingdom, but I feel like I still have withdrawals from common ways. I wish somebody would have told me and I could have logged on and heard a preacher say, that's normal. I wish I would have heard a message where a man or a woman of God could say, you're having withdrawals. You know what withdrawals are? That's the heart's way of raging when a pattern has changed. But that's normal. This is what your body does when toxicity is leaving. Gosh, I wish I would have had that. It would have helped me so much. You're having withdrawals. Maybe you're not stuck. You're committed. 
you're committed to a pattern that keeps you in a cycle. Woo, talk Holy Ghost. Maybe you're not stuck. You're committed to a pattern that keeps you in a cycle. And what you're feeling that night that's bothering you, what you're feeling that tightness in your chest, why you just randomly feel like crying, why you just going swole on them in the gym is because you're breaking that cycle. You're breaking that pattern. You're breaking that stronghold. And it's difficult because you got used to a pattern of getting a good morning text or a good night text. Y'all not talking to me. You got used to a pattern and not getting it tonight feels some type of way. Not getting it on this morning made me feel some type of way. But this is normal withdrawals. It's the heart's way of raging once a pattern has changed. But this is normal. This is what it feels like when toxicity is leaving the body. Stop second-guessing your commitment. You asked for God to show you the truth, and he showed you the truth. When God shows you the truth, don't repaint it. Do you love with the paintbrush? Whatever God shows you, when God shows you the true colors, you repaint it because you desire it by you at 25. I would desire this by I was 30. I desire this. And so you constantly keep repainting red flags. Tossing and turning at night, questioning your salvation. I wish I would have heard somebody tell me, you're having withdrawals. You're having withdrawals. Your heart is raging because a pattern has changed. But that's normal. That's what it feels like when toxicity is leaving the body. The concern is when your heart's not raging. The concern is when there is no toxicity leaving the body. God, this is so good, y'all. I wish I would have understood that trauma and disappointment have a way of separating you from you. But kingdom teaching is the roadmap back home. Stop questioning God's love for you. It's a process. Wounds build walls, but healing builds doors. Kingdom keys builds doors. Stop mislabeling this as such a hard season, and I'm so lonely. I told us last week, you're not alone. You've been separated. I'm addressing your withdrawals for common things. Well, I just need somebody. Listen, boo-boo, the cure for your loneliness is not company, it's your calling. All right. So when he tells us, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. For I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. Maybe the way God deals with your withdrawals is by prescribing a wilderness. God, would you help us right now in the midst of this message? I feel the room. Would you help us understand that you love us, that you have an amazing love for us? And this detox that we're feeling doesn't mean we're not as saved as the next person, but you're training us and teaching us how to be kingdom. God, forgive us for presenting to the world as though we're kingdom, but in private, consuming common meals. We ask that you change us and save us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's getting real in here, isn't it? <laughs> it's getting real. I want to speak for this topic for a few more moments and then I'm done.
Then you can go home and get your food on the way out. I want to speak from this topic, I'm having withdrawals. I'm having withdrawals. Can I get everybody to say this as loud as you can? And everybody watching online, put this in the room in all caps. Can I get us to say, Father, Father. detox me from everything that's not like you. Greater is coming. Say this, I feel this. Father, detox me from everything that's not like you. Greater is coming. Put your hands together if you receive that. Greater is coming. Listen, Jesus did not come down to be the sacrificial lamb to connect us to God the Father. Get the keys of hell and death as he resurrected from the grave just so that we could be average, powerless Christians. Enough with being saved and powerless. Woo! Can you slay anything besides a dress? Can you lift anything beyond just the weight? I need you to access your kingdom authority. Your kingdom authority. And there's this problem that's getting in the way of this kingdom desire. Because listen, you don't end up at the place you desire. You don't. If we did, some of us would be thinner. Some of us would have more muscle. We all would be a millionaire, probably billionaire, because that's what you desire. You don't end up at the place you desire, nor do you end up at the place you crave. You end up at the place of your appetite. Okay? You end up at the place of your appetite. And the reason we're having this tug of war battle, I'm trying to break free from it. I, I'm trying to let go of this. I'm trying not to be bitter. I'm trying not to be easily offended. It's because, yes, you're called to kingdom things, but are you honest enough to admit, I still desire common meals. All right. We shout. Kingdom vibes only. Kingdom king. We shout it. But what if you crave common meals only? Common, common meals only. <laughs> Somebody like, I ain't never shouting that chant again. <laughs> Maybe the problem is not the problem. The problem is our appetite. All right? See, we know that organic vegetables are healthy. We know. I had to say organic because some of this stuff is fake. We know that organic vegetables are healthy. Sometimes it's hard to get a toddler to eat their broccoli because they haven't got the revelation or the understanding that this is healthy for your appetite. It's not until you reach a certain level of maturity that you begin to understand for the well-being of my health, I have to implement this to my diet. So now randomly, I start desiring asparagus. I start desiring kale. That doesn't mean the vegetable has changed. My revelation has. My revelation and my appetite has. For a lot of us, our appetite keeps the leash on that next level you. On that next level you. You want to be kingdom, but then you kind of like common. And it's difficult because you can't consume fresh manna and common meals at the same time. See, this is why many times when it's time for you to change who you are, 
that also requires for you to change who you're with. Okay? Let's go a little deeper. Because if I formed all my friends, my whole squad was formed in Egypt, my friends are going to present to me Egypt meals. Y'all getting this? Because friends always extend to you their diet. No, I'm telling the truth. You go over a certain friend house, they always have potato chips. They always going to offer it. They extend their diet. But the one on meal prep, hey, we got some tofu in there. You want some tofu? Nobody want no tofu, bruh. But whatever level and their appetite that they have, they'll extend it to you. See, hear me. Whenever we come out of a thing due to the repercussions versus reprogramming, preach Holy Ghost. Whenever we come out of a thing due to the repercussions versus reprogramming, hell can always tempt us with former meals because your location has changed. But your taste buds haven't. I'm trying to teach you kingdom stuff, man. My taste buds haven't. This is why there's a difference in being free and delivered. Okay? When you're delivered, this means your place has changed, but your mind hasn't caught up. When you're free, you could be in the same place, but your mind is relocated. Give you Bible all day. The children of Israel were delivered from Egypt. Remember, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. They were delivered from Egypt, but they still craved Egypt. Their appetite still was Egypt. So that when God placed them in the wilderness, not to punish them, but to deal with their cravings, they kept on talking about, we remember in Egypt, we had meat. We remember in Egypt, we had kale. We remember in Egypt, just like some of us. I remember I had so many contacts. I remember I had so many friends. I remember I had so much fun. We're trying to reflect on all of those things. And God is saying, I'm trying to detox you from that. Give you more Bible, more Bible. Lot's daughters, they were delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah, but they weren't free from Sodom and Gomorrah because they got the daddy drunk and had sex with him. Somebody say disgusting. That is Sodom and Gomorrah type of behavior. They had a child called Moab. This is how later on. When Boaz saw Ruth, he was like, who is that? And she's like, that's the Moabitess. What is he saying? She comes from the lineage of Moab. Moab means incest of my father. I'm trying to teach y'all, man. It means incest of my father. Yeah, you got out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but Sodom and Gomorrah never got out of you. Let's make it real common so we could understand it. You could take them out the hood, but you what? Can't take the hood out of them. <laughs> Now, same thing with freedom. Paul and Silas were in prison, but their mind was relocated in jail. They're writing bars and praising God because my location may not have changed, but my mind has. Is this making sense? I'm going to give you a Bible so that you can understand this because I want us to get it. The, one of the multifaceted purposes of the wilderness is so that God can deal with your appetite. My phone's so dry. Don't worry about that. It's so dry. I'm playing with my sentence. Don't worry about that. I'm dealing. I'm dealing. You ever done that? Bing. Just. I'm dealing with your appetite. Please hear me, y'all, because it's freed me, and I wish I had it. When you're becoming kingdom, and you're on your kingdom vibes only, God will always give you a wilderness. He will always give you a wilderness. 
I could say right now, somebody give God praise because he's about to open the door. Yeah. Somebody give God praise because your breakthrough's on the way. Yeah. Now somebody give God praise because he has prescribed for you a wilderness. For the rest of 2021, you are going to be in a wilderness, in a dry place, in a hidden place. Nobody's going to see you. You're just going to know God for yourself. No more Pharaoh. No more bondage. You're just going to know God. We don't really clap about that. Y'all trying. <laughs> Why am I supposed to clap? But I'm trying to show us that's what God does. You on your kingdom vibes? Here's a wilderness. Why? I got to deal with your appetite. Let me give you Bible. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. Is this good? Yeah. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. It says, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines Although that was near. So in other words, that was a shortcut. Let me help somebody. God is never going to give you a shortcut. All right? For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God let the people around by the way of, look at this, y'all, the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Hmm. God is always going to give you a wilderness. You know why? Because he won't let you fake growth. There's a lot of things that you can fake. You can't fake oil. You can't fake anointing. So I, I'm going to put you in a season. He did it with Jesus, y'all. Before Jesus started his ministry, if you read it, the text says the spirit led him up into the wilderness. Before God ever next levels you, I got to give you a wilderness. Because if you were like, Jerry, I consumed a lot of common meals. I consumed a lot of meals culture told me I should eat. I watched a lot of things that culture told me I should watch. I listened to a lot of music that affected my mind. I saw a lot of things that affected my mind. And God says, I have a calling for you. But first, here's your wilderness. Here's your wilderness. I know you on your kingdom vibes, but I'm on my wilderness vibes. <laughs> It's the place where I rewire your appetite. So I'm in with this and we're done. The phases of becoming kingdom, I believe, happen in this way. You have interruption, instruction, interruption, excuse me, introduction, instruction, construction, and production. This is how I believe the process works. And I wish I had this. There's interruption introduction, instruction, construction, and production, okay? So what does that mean? First, everybody, you're going to have a season in your life where God interrupts your story. You got plans. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to start my business. I'm going to do this. Then God comes. To, you think you're going to do that? Nope. <laughs> you're not doing that. You're like, all right, well, uh, I met this dude. He kind of cute, so we're going to go ahead and plan our honeymoon. God going to say, uh, this is not kingdom. I don't know why you have married him in your head. Nope, that's not my will for your life. No. <laughs> Interruption. Did it with me. I have my own stories. Anybody honest enough to meet you? You got your own plans? 
Y'all story, I'm messing them up, and it's okay. This visual aid going to help you. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to be a pediatrician. I went to school, pre-med major. God interrupted and said, nope, you're going to be a pastor. <laughs> I'm like, but I want to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor, and you're going to help children, just my kids. You're going to help my kids. You're going to be a spiritual doctor. I'm interrupting your story. Somebody say interruption. Before I met Tanisha, there was a young lady I was talking to. I thought we were going to get married. God was like, nope, you ain't doing that either. You're going to meet a woman in Oklahoma named Tanisha, and y'all going to start something called Redefine TV, then you're going to start going over the whole world telling people. Y'all clapping, but it didn't feel like claps when I had my plans. Praise God. What do you do when God rips your plans up? I had plans. I knew what I was going to do. Anybody know what you're going to do with your life? And then God just, if you thought... Everybody say interruption. interruption. Now, the second thing that happens is we have introduction. So, okay, why can't I sleep? Why, why can't I enjoy the same sin? Like, why am I at the club and I'm like, it's hot? It smells like weed? Who is this man coming behind me? Because, you know, they just come up like this. Like, who, who is this behind me? I'm over here just trying to enjoy. Get from behind me, sir. <laughs> I'm trying to be real, y'all. Who is this? This is when God is striving to introduce himself to you. He's trying to show you, listen, I am that I am. I am that I am. You can't confine my am to any am. Because you don't know the am that you're going to need me to be. Monday, I am your way maker. On Tuesday, I am your mind regulator. On Wednesday, I am your keeper. On Thursday, you don't know what am you're going to need me to be. I'm trying to introduce myself to you. I've interrupted your life. Now I'm trying to introduce myself. See, this is why... I feel a lot of churches need to be more gracious because when people come, we're on the instruction phase. Why your cleavage out? Why you smell like weed? You're heathen. They haven't even had the, they haven't even had the interruption yet. You're trying to get them instruction, but they haven't even had the introduction. They got to have the introduction and the interruption before you could ever give them the instruction. They don't understand what this means. I got to have somebody teach me. Somebody say introduction. introduction. Then after introduction, you have instruction. That's like right now, okay, kingdom vibes only, kingdom, kingdom vibes only. All right. Oh, that was good. The key of forgiveness. Make sure the frost of how cold they were. Come on, bars. The frost of how cold they were doesn't get on my heart. Okay, I got that. All right. Oh, maybe this is not a trigger. I just need to forgive my baby daddy. Maybe that's what this is. I need to write this down. I'm getting instruction. That's discipleship. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You weren't made to be common. You weren't made to be typical. You were not made to have a birthday, go to school, get a degree, get a job, retire, have a little dog named Toto, and have a white picket fence and die. That is not the extent of your Christianity. 
I need to show you that you're called to change the world. There's some blood cycles that you have to break. There's some strongholds that you have to break. This not getting on my daughter. This not getting on my son. I'm giving you instruction. Does this make sense? Interruption, introduction, instruction. Now, this is probably the longest phase, construction. Lord, <laughs> I just felt, oh, Lord, construction. And you know why construction is so hard? Because it'd be like, okay, um, introduction, all right, interruption, all right, instruction, construction, all right. Yeah, uh, the way they taught you how God is, that wasn't Bible. That was legalism. You're getting rid of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what your mama told you about that church or what your daddy told you about sowing your role. Uh, we don't do that. I'm giving a wrecking ball. This is why each and every week you come, it feels like you're getting wrecked. It's because you're a construction site. And God is constantly saying, nope, we're not doing this. Nope, nope, that's not kingdom. Yeah, that part's right, girl. Yep, you, you can keep that part. All right, all your flaws, all your sin. I don't even see that. I don't even see all your flaws, all your sin. Let, let's, let's go ahead and mark that out. That's been blood covered. Can somebody say blood covered? That's, I'm going to scratch all this out. I don't see you by your abortion. I don't see you by a stripper. I don't see you by selling drugs. I'm constructing you. Now watch this. I'm constructing you so that I could produce you to the world. This is so good, y'all. Now, I got a story. I got a message. I got a message. I had no idea. Being upstairs for nine years, teaching high school students how to love Jesus because teenagers don't say amen. You see how y'all laugh? Teenagers don't do that. You better know the Bible. You better be creative and you have to break it down to the lowest common denominator. You know why I do so many illustrations? It's because I had nine years of dealing with 14-year-olds and 16-year-olds, and I have to think of creative and innovative ways to get you to get the gospel. I had no idea that that was a season of construction where God was molding in me a teaching style because a few years, he's going to give you a platform, and there's a generation that has to hear the message of the gospel, and you're going to have to be creative you're gonna have to be innovative you're gonna have to stand on stage and sweat and rip pages out of a book that you had in college so that they can get it you didn't make sense when you were going through it but it makes sense now we're gonna be on our kingdom vibes kingdom vibes only I want you to know your withdrawals are normal I feel like somebody should be freer on the night Your withdrawals are normal. God wants to produce you to the world so that you could be heaven's billboard. So, Father, in this moment, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the season of interruption, for your introduction, for your instruction, for your construction, so that we could be your production. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. God, detox us and give us the patience to stop trying to rush the wilderness 
because you're rewiring our appetite. We love you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen.